Welcome in to the week four recap. Wow, what a set of games we had. Uh, we will start with the Battle of Waterloo, where one Taylor Elgersma continued his hot streak. Uh, before we start that, flying solo today, next week, probably the week after, as Connor gets adjusted to life at basic training. Uh, Officer O'Neill, don't worry, I'll still hold his points uh, with us as we go. But the Lori Golden Hawks, what a start. Uh, this game was 23 nothing after the first quarter. And a lot of this was Taylor Algersma doing what he does best. Oh, not only was it 23 nothing, they scored right away in the second quarter. So uh, Algersma letting his playmakers, as we talked about, uh, in the season preview with him. Distribute the ball, let your playmakers make plays for you. And Jace Atkinson, 62 yarder. Tanner Nelms on a screen pass, 29 yards. Uh, Ojutaleo, 25 yarder, where he broke five tackles, I believe. This Laurier team started clicking early. And once you get up, Brubaker and that defensive line can pin back their ears. It was quickly over for the Waterloo Warriors. Uh, Nick Orr, 24-37, 282, an interception, uh, but he did have a rushing touchdown. In this one, it's tough for the Waterloo Warriors to fall behind and really lean on the ground game that they have been so reliant on. Uh, Miller and Springer combined for 23 carries, but when Taylor Algersma is perfect passer rating for these <laughs> for yet another week, I think this is like his second or third time he's done it this year, but 20 of 27, 318, five more touchdowns. Can he be stopped? At this point, the Laurie Golden Hawks gunslinger is looking to be the Heck Crichton finalist from the OUA. Mind you, there are some damn good players that are going to be pushing him the rest of this year. But at the rate he's been slinging the ball the last couple of games, I know you can't have five-plus touchdowns every game, but... It's looking pretty easy for the Golden Hawks quarterback as he's throwing to guys like Ethan Jordan, Raiden Thorne. They only had three catches each this game. But the damage was done all over the field. Uh, lots of receivers involved in the action uh, for this one. Uh, side note, Ethan Gregoricic, the rookie linebacker, another interception. Uh, this one was, I think, on his own goal line. He was phenomenal in this game as well. Uh, I'm really impressed with this rookie linebacker. And to have him and Ife Onyamanam, seven and a half, eight and a half tackles each. The two of them, as Ife kind of finishes his career with Laurier, bringing Ethan up as the next great linebacker that this team is going to seemingly have for four years. Uh, Greg Orchic has looked phenomenal in every asset of the game this year. Uh, excited to see what he gets to do as the season progresses. But for those young Laurie Golden Hawks, they picked up a win in their action against the Crosstown rivals. Now, we will be kind of moving quicker as Connor and I can't go back and forth, but 
Let's talk about the Carlton Ravens, York Lions, 52 to nothing for the Ravens, picking up their first win of the year. Lafave has been slinging the rock this year. Uh, 218 yards, three touchdowns again this week. They really, really, really hammered home with Hunter Brown. Five receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kasim Ferdinand, five for 62 and a touchdown as well. With this game, Othman Brom, five for 165 and one on punt returns alone. We usually end up talking more York Lions in the turn game with Alfred Olay and what he's been able to do over the last couple seasons. But Brom this week, 80-yarder to the house. Uh, he really put his offense in fantastic field position every time out. Uh, and for the York Lions, Bailey Jupe, 17 of 29. Uh, don't know if Owen Webb went down or was in late. Uh, I was at Queens by the time the <laughs> that game was well underway. But this team really struggled to get the run going. Two carries for the top three uh, weapons as well. It was tough sledding for the York Lions against a really good Carlton Ravens defense that has given Western fits for the majority of the game. That gave Laurier really tight contested game. Uh, for Carlton going forward, they're putting together a really strong foundation. They're going to start to go on a run here. They play Toronto next, and then they have the Panda game, uh, and then they play Queens, Waterloo, and Guelph. The Panda game, toss your hat up in the air, whatever way it's facing, that's the direction it could go. Uh, against Queens, going to be tougher sledding, but with Toronto and Waterloo and Guelph, this team could be looking at four or five wins this year and a playoff berth uh, if we're going to be projecting and looking ahead further into the season. But they're really hitting their stride offensively. Defensively, this team has playmakers all over the field. We've talked about it. They are going to be a force. And as teams look for playoff seeding and contention and who's going to sneak into those last couple spots, Carlton is going to be a player down the stretch. So keep an eye on Corey Grant and his Ravens. Next up on the docket, the other Ottawa team. The GGs hosted the Windsor Lancers, and it looked tight-ish. After Amaklar Polk scored his first touchdown, it was going to be a good game, and then all of a sudden it flipped on a dime. Ottawa botched a punt, Windsor takes advantage, and instead of having a stop, a punt, and kind of breathing room, it was, well, they stopped us on the goal line, but we got it right back. Let's score that touchdown. And it was right away uh, Chris John hits it in. This Windsor team was up by a ton going into the half uh, as they were leading the game 32-10. to 10. But Ottawa came back in that second half. Jen Drong hits the 75-yarder from Matt Mahler. Uh, Amaklar Polk rips a 50-yard touchdown. Fair adds a couple field goals and all of a sudden whoa. It's, uh, it's a tight game but Windsor stays the course. I kind of tweeted this out at halftime. This team is built to crush people when they have a lead. And for Windsor to go up by that amount at the half, you're playing right into it. Now, mind you, this extra dimension from Windsor this year that we have not seen in the past couple of years is a high-volume passing attack that's capable of being very efficient. Danny Skelton, 24 of 32, 286, two touchdowns. And they were nice ones. One was a uh, seam right down the middle of the hash. 
back shoulder receiver has to make an adjustment to it. The other one was to Nick Reyes, who came back, had to dive for a touchdown against his former team, the GGs. So they were they're really strong pointed moments where he's taking chunks out of the field. Uh, but this rushing attack was hemmed in for the most part, if you can say 100 yards combined between John and Zorn, uh, hemmed in. But compared to what they have been doing to teams, the Ottawa defense did their part, held the team in. Al McClar Polk, uh, 108 yards, a 49-yard touchdown, another long touchdown in the first half. Uh, I think that this team was really built in the GGs with Ben Miracle to make a run and balancing Polk and the big playabilities from the receivers and the stout defense. But as Ryan Lecandro now has another start under his belt, eight of 20, two interceptions, not a whole lot going offensively outside of Polk. And as the Panda comes up, do the GGs look at Matt Mahler, a guy that has played in the Panda game before, uh, or do they stick with Lecandro and say, we're going to ride this out. We trust you. We believe in you. Uh, as they kind of search for an answer without Ben Miracle for the rest of this season. We'll see what it looks like, but this team, much like Carlton, founded on their defense. Uh, Windsor, meanwhile, don't look now, but they're kind of undefeated at the top of the table. And yes, it's been looking fantastic this year so far, but how is it going to look as we shake out with the rest of the season for Windsor, we don't know. They've got a lot of tough tests coming up. Queens this week, Western the week after, uh, and then Laurier as well. This team is going to go through a gauntlet of three of the top teams that they're going to have to worry about this year. And for them, they're feeling confident. They're feeling on the top of the world. If they can finish this stretch of three games with one loss or no losses, Everyone's going to start sweating about that dreaded drive to the end of the 401 for a possible Yates Cup. I don't want to be ahead. I don't want to jump ahead too much. But Windsor is there for real. Danny Skelton, Zorn, John, and a defense that gets after the quarterback. Connor would be all over me if I didn't mention his Windsor Lancers defense. Uh, Kolade Amusan again. Keeping up with his sack pace, added another nine-yard sack. Uh, they have been phenomenal, pushing teams back, uh, using an aggressive style of defense to really get after teams in the run with run blitzes, but then also forcing them into second and long where they can tee off and say, all right, we're going to sit on our heels, play zero coverage, send a plus one at you, and if you can beat it, you can beat it. We're going to tackle you before the sticks. But if you can't, it's another momentum-building play. It's another big swing for us. We're going to keep building on this. So Connor would be happy I throw in his guy there, Amusan, for the Windsor Lancers. Uh, another game we had, Guelph-Mac. And talking with some people, Mac's high-volume passing attack, the question is, can they sustain this? Can they continue to throw the ball at such a rapid pace and not – turn it over and be able to succeed and grind teams down. Well, they had 370 yards of total offense. They had 257 passing yards, but they had two turnovers and one as they were trying to drive for a game winning score or game tying score. Keegan Hall, 35 attempts, 
Uh, 27 of them were complete, but two of them were intercepted. They did try to run the ball 17, Kelly's, uh, 17 carries for Braden Kelly. Jackson Cooling, 8 for 91. Jacob Patton, 8 for 76. Those are the guys that they are looking to get involved downfield. But Guelph has found their life. Tristan Abood, 18 of 24, a touchdown. Marshall McCray, another. Can this guy stop scoring in the red zone? Because it seems any time to get inside the 10, throw McCray in. He's going to carry the rock. He made a guy miss out of his gates. I think he kind of went to go off tackle, belly back, went, mm, I'm just going to pop it outside. But Marshall McCray, another rushing touchdown for the second string quarterback. Uh, offensively, Navian Malloy. 106 yards. This is what Guelph did in the first game. They controlled the point of attack and they let Vishon Janusis get involved six for 48 in the touchdown. With Guelph, this is what they're going to have to be with a young quarterback and the defense that they have. Control the pace of play, let Tristan Abood make some good, easy reads early on and build on it as the game goes and let Vishon Janusis touch the ball. This guy, Keandre Smith, Keen Schaefer Baker, Clark Burns, Vishon Janusis. Keep it going in the list of Guelph Griffin receivers. They're going to be making plays at the next level. This guy is the real deal. They know it. Everyone in the OUA knows it. And it's just a matter of how can they get the ball in his hands creatively. For this game, though, Guelph picked up a must-needed win after last week. Uh, they are looking to move on. They've got York. They've got Waterloo, and then they're going to have their bye week. Uh, this is a critical point for the Guelph Griffins. Can they get to that four-win total, that 500 mark, after having such a beatdown from the Laurier Golden Hawks? Because not only does it take a lot to win four games in the OUA, but to come back from 60 points being hung on your head mentally, these kids made a statement this week. These student athletes made a statement this week. And they're going to look to build on it as they continue. Time for the game of the week. There's no question about it. It was going in as a two-time Yates Cup rematch, an old four matchup, one of the best rivalries in the OUA. Oh, and two of the top quarterbacks. That's always going to give you a treat. Evan Hillock, Alex Freakin. This game was awesome through and through. There was mistakes. There was big plays. There was hard hits. There was turnovers. There was a highway robbery at one point from Jackson Finley. And there was drama. The fourth quarter was relatively quiet until the two-minute mark. Queens forced Western to take a safety. Uh, Russell Weir pushes it in from the end zone. Savon Magne-Jones, 13.8 seconds left on the clock. Evan Hillock drops back over the Queens Golden Gales top defender in Ashton miller Melanson To his guy, they said, you know what? You guys have a spectacular set of DBs. Vanek, Ashton miller Melanson. We have a guy named Savon Magne-Jones who we believe is the fastest player in the OUA. This guy has game-breaking speed, and we're going to let it rip. We just need to get in the field goal range, but we need to do it in a hurry. 
let's get Savon Magnet Jones going. And they caught Queens in a coverage. I believe they're in a cut coverage. So the halves were high, safety's high. Magnet Jones gets a corner route. Perfect ball placement from Evan Hillock. He breaks a tackle up the sideline, untouched, and game over. Western walks off with the win. Uh, Queens really controlled the pace of play in this one. If you guys look at the, the time of possession, 34 minutes for Queens, 31 first down to 19 first downs. But the issue comes down to the turnovers. Queens had two interceptions. They also had, I believe, a fumble that they coughed up at one point. Uh, Evan Hillock had a pick two, but it was honestly one of the most fluky plays I've ever seen. Seth Robertson comes back to make a catch, has the ball between his calves, rolls on his back, the ball pops out, he goes to stand up, it hits his back again, and all of a sudden Keegan Vanek's jumping behind him with the ball and turning it back for another 20 yards. Really, really weird play. Um that really gave Queens life going into the last little bit. But Alex Freakin, 26 of 45. They let him throw the ball because early on the run game was not there. And he moved the ball 360 yards passing, one touchdown. Uh, he had a couple scrambles as well and designed runs, QB draws. This game was phenomenal through and through. But that Western defense, gosh darn it. I said it early, Jackson Finley had a highway robbery, 95-yard pick six. Uh, playing safety this year with Daniel Valente Jr. being gone, Jackson Finley gets to show his athleticism even more than I thought was possible. They have a really strong group of linebackers that's allowed him to kind of bump back and be that rover. But in the red zone, they're trying to run an under route to one of their uh, H-backs. Jackson Finley says, no, thank you. I'm faster. Jumps the route, takes it out of his hands, and speeds his way to the other end of the field. I think at that point in the stadium, everyone thought Queens was going to really tighten it up. Um, at that point, you know, it was coming out of the half. Queens was building some momentum. And all of a sudden, it was, oh, wait, Jackson Finley is just going to steal the ball and, you know, crush your hopes and dreams. Uh I really liked what I saw from both teams. This is really back and forth, much like the game was. Uh, Keon Edwards had a really solid day rushing, a couple big pops. Not much action from Keanu Yazbek this week. Uh, but Evan Hillock, not, not enough can be said about him and his ability to hang in there with pressure, make throws downfield. There was a couple that were deep shots, uh, one to Mosin and Jamal that was really close. Another one that was con connected but called back. Um, Hillock was on point this game, and he stopped after and said, these are the kind of throws I make. This is what I do. And going back to his time at STM, this is what Hillock does. He wins big games. He wins tight moments. And he leads his team uh, against a defense that, you know what, Keon Edwards, 18 for 133. That's a really good stat line. Um, he had a 55-yard run in there. That takes a lot of his yardage and makes it 17 for, what, 80, 78? This Queens defense said, you're not running today. You are not going to beat us the way you have the last two Yates Cups. This is going to be on Hillock, and Hillock responded. He said, this is what is going to happen. I'm going to go to my playmakers, Savant, Seth Robertson, Missouri, Mosin Jamal, and we're going we're gonna to move the ball with intermediate passing, uh, some screen game mixed in. It was really efficient. It was really good to watch. 
when they got the ball, they made it count. They really did capitalize. Uh, I really hope we get to see this matchup one more time. I think it would be phenomenal. Mind you, what would happen in, in the matchup where Queens really went all out to sell out for this run and Western had to play their very like tough defense too to stop Souls, Chazari, and Freakin and Co. from moving the ball. Uh, really tightened it up in the red zone when it mattered. But Queens got a lot of yardage. And if some cards were played different, maybe it's a lot more of success in the red zone. We'll have to see if that happens in a rematch if it comes. But Queens, uh, one and two. I think this is their first time under 500 since the COVID break. Uh, this team is in unfamiliar territory. Mind you, their two losses were against Laurier, who has looked phenomenal, and the Western Mustangs, who we all know are the reigning Yates Cup champions. That's it for the OUA slate this week. We've got another big group of games coming up next week. I will be here to tee them up for you as we go. So stay tuned to the OUA and to CF Perspective. As always, at Wade Zank on social media, at CF Perspective. Hope you guys enjoyed the games as much as I did. Thanks for listening to me go on here about them. Uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome into the second part of the Tuesday episode. Uh, shorter now with Connor. It's going to be kind of more of Marshall's micropods, but I'm going to keep it relatively brief for you guys uh, until I get my running mate back. Officer O'Neill is being missed. Uh, but the amount of good football in this country is not lacking in the slightest. Uh, if you've watched or listened to the OUA portion of this through the OUA or through us, thank you. Uh, I tweeted out before Saturday slate of games, check out UBC's electric offense. Oh my God, did they deliver? Jackson's <laughs> or Jason Soriano, a minute into the game, 70 yards. Two plays, 75 yards was their opening drive. Uh, they dominated 600 freaking yards of total offense from the T-Birds. Uh, they also had a, a sack, bunch of interceptions, two on Sawyer Thiessen, one on Jordan Hanslip. Uh, no Tachinski here for Manitoba this game. They could not get Braden Stubbs going. Isaiah Knight got going 12 for 135 and two. Uh, two receivers up around 100 yards. No receiver had more than five catches for UBC. They just kept spreading it out. Uh, Engel, Rooker, both phenomenal days in their own right. Uh, UBC, as good as Alberta has looked, as good as Saskatchewan has looked, I'm sticking with my pick for Can West. The UBC T-Birds are looking hot. This team has a lot of players returning from years past. They've got a lot of good recruits coming up. Oh, and by the way, they're putting up 50 burgers with ease. There wasn't a whole lot left to do in the fourth quarter for this team. They were already that close to 50. Um, I, I was really happy with what I saw at UBC. We know UBC is a tough place to play. Manitoba, that's the furthest commute you can make in Can West. Um, really, really, really strong game from the T-Birds. 
But let's keep it going in Can West because who saw this one coming from <laughs> the Alberta Golden Bears? Whoa, 3-0, a win over the Saskatchewan Huskies? Not at Foot Field, in Saskatoon. They were on the road for this one. And early on, it looked like it was Alberta, Alberta, Alberta. Uh, Matthew Peterson obviously had the 105-yard rush, or 104, that got pulled down at the last second. Uh, They were physical. They were fast. Eli Hetlinger has been dealing. uh, Both quarterbacks, Amandrud and Hetlinger, two turnovers on the day. But the game is won and lost when you have 547 yards of total offense. Oh, and time of possession. Uh, Really, really excited to see this Alberta team contend. I said to Connor last week, can we say Alberta's for real until they've played someone like Saskatchewan? I want to see what it looks like. Oh, they're for real. Now, Alberta has been sneaky. They have won games like this in years past and then followed it up with a clunker. I don't think this is going to be one of those years. Um, Mind you, who do they play next week is the real question. Uh, They've got to go to the Thunderbirds. So while I'm very excited to see Alberta make that contending play against Saskatchewan and, you know, hold off on the comeback at the end of the game, um, they've got another tough task, another tough road game as they go all the way over, all the way back in Can West. Um, I think one of the biggest things with this team is in the receiving game, Matthew Peterson, same running back that had the 104-yard carry, also had 104 yards uh, through the air. This game, uh, this team more specifically, has a really strong defense, really strong point of attack, quadwo Bohen, uh, draft selection or uh, draft candidate last year. Tyshawn Blackburn opted out to come back last year. Uh, Rally Zafransky, another guy that was in the draft. They've got really, really strong players. Jonathan Justini has been there for a few years too. Uh, Exciting to see Alberta make these plays. Exciting for Saskatchewan to have some competition. It certainly feels good to have a balanced conference. And it's not that Saskatchewan hasn't had tough competition, but the last couple of years, if you're going to Saskatchewan, I don't think you're planning to win at Griffith Stadium. But the Golden Bears did it. Uh, Huskies defense had some good players too. John Stolnick, we both eight tackles. Uh, I think uh, Finn Marcotte-Crib had a big pick. Catley Joseph had a pick as well. They are going to rebound from this. This is probably good. Uh, an old football coach of mine used to say, you never want to win or lose your first game towards the end of the season or towards the playoffs. You kind of want it in that sweet spot in the middle. If you're going to lose a game, we don't believe any of us are perfect. So perfect season, everyone hopes for it, but you're always expecting to at least come away with one that you go, man, we should have won that game. And for Saskatchewan to have that now at this point, when they are two and one, that's going to be big for them. It's going to fuel a run, I think, for the Huskies uh, as they go into the back half of their season. That's going to really, really threaten some teams. Uh, We'll go to the AUS briefly. Mount Allison, 
offense starting to come alive. 24 points against St. Mary's. Uh, Brant Berserk, 238 yards on the ground, two carries. Uh, they also had another running back, Shamar Parkinson, 81 yards. So they were well over 300 on the game. They didn't have to do a whole lot else. Dominating time of possession, 34, uh, pretty much 35 minutes to 25 minutes. Not that close uh, for St. Mary's. They tried to get it going offensively. Not a whole lot there. Uh, but Mount A, if the offense can come alive, this team is going to start to be a threat. Reese Martin, Daniel Bell, they've got a lot of strong players on this defense. And all they need is an offense to do exactly what happened this week. Control the ball, move the ball, and take some time off. If you're going to give me 39 carries between our top two running backs, add in Justin Vogel's two carries, you're going to get 41. That's going to be a lot of time eaten away that this defense can kind of breathe, catch their breath, and go out and play teams at full strength. All right. Next up, the game we're all waiting for, this last one I'm going to talk about, Laval and Montreal. Laval came out in the All Blacks. I tweet out, you know what this means. It's going to be over. It was uh, 12 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden it was uh, pick six, field goal, ice it with a run. Whoa, what? 31-14. Game is a lot closer than 31-14. That pick six is a huge swing. Uh, It's, well, a 12-point swing is what I call it you're taking potentially seven points off the board well 14 i guess you're taking seven points off the board from the other team if they had driven down and you're adding a quick seven and momentum that's a major swing in any game uh three interceptions from arno desjardins obviously one of them being that pick six two from senecal the quarterbacks did not really move the ball with their arms in this one but Senecal added 130 yards on the ground, uh, controlling that time of possession, winning that battle, but not really giving Laval a whole lot to do. And of course, Laval fumbles, fumbles, fumbles. Olivier Cool, two and two lost. Uh, they they turn the ball over a lot. This is not something that you see from a Glenn Constantine football team. And if they do, like they did last year against Western, obviously falling behind. They rebound. But against a team like Montreal, that rival that you have, you can't fall behind. You can't let Nicky Farinaccio and the Caravan defense pin their ears back. Uh, I don't think that this game in the rematch is going to be this kind of flip. I think that Laval, uh, Kevin Mittal, back from his one-game suspension, 5 for 43 they're going to amp that up. They're going to amp up the run game as well. Uh, Angel Vital, five carries. Uh, LeBlanc, five carries. Arnaud, five carries. Alex Duff, two carries. This team is going to start to pick it up as they go through this year uh, and face Montreal again. I'm excited for round two. I don't think that there's going to be six turnovers from the Rouge Or. I think that's a huge anomaly. I don't think it's going to happen again and I don't think if you're Montreal you can rely on six turnovers against this Laval team 
If you get it again, fantastic. Your defense is worth all the salt. But I guarantee you that ball security is going to be preached number one, number two, number three, heck, all the way through to number 15 if you want by Glenn Constantine. So six turnovers, a big swing at the end in a really close game, tight game. Uh, I'm expecting this to be a really good tilt for the Dunsmore Cup in round three. Round two is going to be fantastic as well. So stay tuned. Stay locked, stay loaded. We're going through the back half of the season now. The home stretch is here. Let's do it. As always, Wade Zank, CF Perspective, uh, fox40shop.com gets you 15% off all your whistle needs with the code CFP15. Use it wisely to get stocked up for all your whistle needs. Stay tuned for the next little episode on Thursday. Hopefully this is interesting for you guys. If you have anything you really want me to cover, Shoot me a DM, send it to CFP. We will get it. Take care. Enjoy the start to your week.